By what name are you known? There are some who call me... Tim? Hello everybody, my name is Jason Pickle, the host of the Cancer Dad Podcast. It's a show where I take my family's story and other stories and hope to bring you into the reality of what it's like for children and families living within the world of childhood cancer. But that's not what you're really here for today, so let's get to today's show with the ever sporadic, often humorous, but very informative Tim McCarthy in 2010 Minutes. Yo, what's going on? Episode 66 of 2010 Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. This is a podcast that focuses on mental health through humor, insight, and personal stories. That introduction was done by Jason Pickle with the Cancer Dad Podcast. Uh, His family had a moment in their life that turned their world upside down. One of his sons, uh, Neeland, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, was diagnosed with cancer in 2013. He beat one cancer only to be diagnosed with another. Um, So he is using his platform to talk about said subject and help people that are in the same situation, which I commend him for. It must not be easy. Um, I remember doing the jujitsu competition I did and we raised money for uh, children with cancer. which makes me feel like I, when kids are sick, it really bums me out. When someone's like childhood gets taken away for any sort of reason, or they have like a struggle, it like it really hits me really bad. And I, I can only imagine how that is. I'm gonna have Jason on for an interview down the road. I'm really looking forward to it and getting his perspective. Plus, he's got a great accent. I don't know where he, he's from. I'm going to learn that because we have a consultation coming up and we're going to chat. But I love a good accent, southern accent. So you got Boston versus wherever he's from. I want to say, I'm going to guess. I'm going to say he's from South Carolina or maybe Virginia or maybe some other state. I don't know. Um, like I always do, 1-800-273-8255, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Or we can text a crisis text line, HOME to 741-741, if you're in the North Americas, or go to crisistextline.org. Um, and if you also go to Cancer Dad's uh, podcast page, which I ha- have in the show notes, uh, he has nonprofits on there, as well as a in-memory page for other uh, children. Uh, he has listed uh, Malia, Jeremy, Victoria, Grace, and Lucas, and Maddie, and countless more that have lost their lives to cancer. Um, so th- good good work on you, Jason, and all the power to you and your family. Love you guys. Um, so what's up, guys? Again, 2010minutes.com. Uh, you can learn more about me at 2010minutes.com. Um, you can buy my merch. You can download my podcast app, and you can still contact me via text at 781-523-9333. Recently, I uh, the podcast, I met with another podcast, I, the indie podcaster, Jeff, uh, who I'm good friends with. Uh, he asked me to be on the podcast garage, which is with uh, Jeff himself, Tanner Campbell and Greg from the Indie Drop-In Network. It's a podcast that gives you the help you need uh, that, that you've been asking for with your podcast. Um, and Tanner's from the podcast. It, he does podcasting sucks. But I went on and they give me like positive criticism, constructive criticism about my podcast. And they gave me a bunch of good ideas to help me uh, hopefully propel my show to that next level. Um, so thank you so guys with that. Um, that'll be coming out soon. Um, but updates on me. Um, we did talk about like the structure of my show. They asked me a lot of good questions, like what my goal is. It's like my show and like how I'm 20, 10 minutes, but like you wouldn't really know as a mental health podcast. So I think I got to add that to the 20, 10 minutes. But you know what? I might not because the, the green logo with my big dumb face, I think attracts a lot of people. Um 
the cancer dad found me on good pods probably because of my dumb face so recently i'm getting better getting motivated i know i harp on it all the time but i had that moment where i was like yep it's time to go i'm a little guy i'm five six five seven if i stretch in the morning um my highest weight was like 169 and I look like a melted bagel bite that you put in the microwave and no one likes those. So I saw a photo my mom took years ago and I was like, yep, I got to start losing weight. And I did. And I did like a, a comparison photo before and after. And I got down to 145 when I was training for competitions for jujitsu. And then I usually walk around at like 150, 155. I'm currently 160 and I'm not happy about it. So I've been going back to the gym, uh, starting to eat healthier, Stop drinking my Chick Ultras. I was big into Chick Ultras recently. I was sucking those things down. But yeah, I'm uh, done drinking booze, uh, hot booze. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm stopped feeling sorry for myself. I'm trying to be more open with my... Um, I was saying between my thoughts and reactions, I'm trying to figure out that middle ground where like, why is my reaction happening from um, my thoughts or things that are happening? I always say too, it's like... Um, People's decisions and my reactions are my reactions. I can't blame somebody for the way I react to something. Obviously, I can, but I feel like I can't blame them for that. In a sense, it's like I should be able to handle certain things. And I think people would agree or disagree with that statement. But I feel like it's the way that uh, that might work for me. But yeah, so I, I also don't like the whole weight thing because I'm little and I'll be like, oh, man, I'm like gaining weight. And everyone's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but little guys they cannot be healthy either and uh, and again it's like if you want to be a big person or you are a big person all the power to you i won't make fun of your weight there's no reason to but when people make fun of my weight and they're kind of uh, a little bit overweight i'm like well hopefully you have thick skin because i love clapping back at people and i'm not i don't say like mean things to them but if, if we're gonna joke we're gonna joke okay if you come at me with my height my weight my baldness i got you oh my like semi lazy eye any diehard fans that know I have like a, a little bit of a lazy eye, it's, it's it goes to work, but it just doesn't do the job as well. Um, but yeah, like when it comes to weight with people, I feel like that's always a struggle, <clears throat> especially like like just pointing it out and making someone feel bad. If you're happy with your weight, you're happy. I'm currently not, so I want to get like shredded for the uh, for the beach, which I'll probably go once. But call me cheese because I'm looking to be shredded cheese. Shredded cheddar. Recently, I read this. Pretty cool because I was talking about this with another interview coming up about just the uh, healthcare system. The U.S. Senate Committee on Finance is moving forward with mental health reform. on, And then just on February 8th, the United States Senate Committee on Finance held a hearing on protecting youth mental health care, which I think is great. You got to start early. And if I had probably help in high school or learn more about it, would have been great. When I went to college and I was sad, they were just like, oh, here's some uh, Prozac or here's some whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, this will fix it. It didn't. They probably made it worse. Um, the committee will focus on five areas to determine how they can improve the mental health care system, which would be strengthening the workforce, increasing uh, integration, coordination, and access to care, ensuring parity between behavioral and physical mental health, furthering the use of telehealth, which is, I think, a blessing in disguise when it comes to COVID. Um especially for people that don't want to go or they're not motivated, they can literally like roll out of bed and just turn on their computer or phone. I don't know who would do that, but I probably would. And by would, I do. Um, and then improving access to behavioral health for children and young people. So this is good. This is a start. I'm not big into politics. I don't know how this works, but it seems like a good start. 
It's probably going to take forever and that's going to suck, but I'm glad it's getting out there and hopefully some more things um, can, can uh, branch off on this. I feel like stuff never gets changed until something bad happens. Like an intersection in your city, you probably realize a stop sign went up or like lights went up. It's because someone got in a huge car accident. So I feel like when tragedy strikes, that's when they start doing reforms and fixing it. So God forbid something happened to somebody's like family, friend or whatever that works there. But I feel like if something like that happened, this thing would get pushed pretty quickly. And I feel like that's pretty accurate. And then one week later, the committee held a second hearing, which was great. And one week after um, to discuss youth mental health care, um, how it can start much earlier, which I just said, the country must have better crisis care. Uh, solving these challenges is going to require creativity from the public and private sector. You cannot have mental health business as usual because business as usual is failing too many young people at every point. I like that. Yeah, it's, we're doing, we're just doing it as we are, just business as usual. No, no big deal. Um, and if you want to help by any way, contact your leaders and unit, uh, unit. Contact your leaders and the U.S. Senate Committee on Finance to emphasize your want for mental health legislation. If, if anyone with kids out there, I would love to hear about your story with uh, mental health. I wouldn't talk about it, but with me not having kids and then like my nieces and nephews, I don't really see enough to like know, but I wonder how it is. I know one friend has a child with uh, ADHD and uh, we talked about this before on the show, how like parents back in the day were like, oh, they're just boys being boys. It's like, no, nah, they're... They're struggling. I was always undiagnosed ADHD, which I, I used it as like the funny way. I fell asleep during my SATs because I didn't want to do it. I think I got a 720, if I'm not mistaken. Again, did not do with standardized, do well with standardized testing. I was not a smart kid. Street smart, yes. Book smart, no way. I don't know years to anything. Like if you were like, oh, when was this? I'm like, no idea. 1872. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Don't even know if that's right. Don't care. I feel like high, everyone agrees. High school, they teach you the wrong things. They should be teaching you how to do your taxes, how to change a flat tire, um, a lot of things. Business etiquette, how to write a resume. Like that would have been beneficial to me. One time I went to a show in Worcester, Massachusetts, and we saw a Motion City soundtrack. And it was me, my friend Joe, and Brian. And we had a flat tire and none of us knew how to change it. We had to go ask a guy to change the tire. I forget. We were definitely like over 21, but still in that age where like we should have known how to change a tire. And I never felt so demasculated in my life. So now um, if you have to change a tire, give me a call. I'll be there. I think I changed one correctly. I forget. Not a handy guy either. I, I'm not good with cars, not good with houses, not good with building shit. I'm just good. I'm a people person. Like an office space, like when the guy goes against with the, uh, he tries to keep his job. He's like, I'm the people person. I got to jump to conclusions, Matt. That's me. I'm that guy. I'm in customer service. I'm in the most professional customer service job that you can uh, can be in. And if you listen to a past episode, I, I mentioned what my job is, which I don't like talking about it, my job. I feel like with the job I have, I think uh, putting the two together, like none of my views and expressions or whatever that phrase is are with my job. My job is my job and my podcast is my podcast. Neither of them uh, coincide, but I actually went out with a bunch of work people. I used to never hang out with work people because I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But we had a little outing where there was like a good group of us, like 11 of us. And some of them like never interacted with with each other because we have three different shifts. So we went go-karting. I got the fastest time of the day. <laughs> no big deal. We did bowling. Did terrible. No big deal. 
And then we did like laser tag, which this place had two levels and I haven't done laser tag for a long time and I was smoked. That was another thing where I was like, yeah, I need to go to the gym. But it was really good to get like all these work people together and like get out of that sense of uh, just like the your professional persona and just like showing the real you. And I think that's that's good for mental health too, especially for like a team um, because I supervise a couple people at my job and I, I feel like I'm, I shouldn't be a supervisor. <laughs> I'm very down on myself, but I like my job and uh, it's good to just interact with people. So um, I have work friends now. I don't know what that means, but I have work friends. Um, I was reading this not too long ago and um, I feel like people have a tough time talking about this. I um, I did an interview with Doug, Doug Middleton a while ago that you can check out. I think he was actually my first interview. And we talked about the uh, black community um, and how the mental health affects them and how he had a story about his friend that died of suicide and how he's given back with his, um, with his nonprofit, which was really cool because uh, I'm a white guy and uh, I don't know about that perspective. Um, which I know that uh, black people have a lot of uh, issues with people being racist as shit. And um, I, I read yeah. this article where it's black people seeking out black therapists. Um, and I think with that, it's it makes sense in a way because I feel like if a black therapist had like just like a white person and they're talking about the racism that they had or or anything that they wouldn't understand, I feel like that's a bad like fit almost like obviously like they might like their therapist and everyone should choose like what therapist works for them. And, and it could, but I believe by reading this, it said um, like a lot of black people are seeking out black therapists, the national Alliance on mental health notes that the only one in three black adults who need care for their mental health actually receives it. A lack of health insurance and stigmatized views for mental health struggles play a large part in those numbers. So when I talked with Doug Middleton, I asked them about that, which is uh, kind of ironic now that I'm reading about it, is uh, he says like the stigma is like just being tough. And he also said that like the older generation, like parents and stuff would be like, oh, just go to church. Like Jesus will help you. I was surprised by that. We talked a lot about that. And, uh, And I know the stigma of like, feeling vulnerable or not looking tough as a male too. So I think that's a, that's a very tough one to do. And that goes for everybody. Like that doesn't matter what your race is. Um, so I understand that. And, uh, we're at the, we're at the end of uh, black history month, which, uh, today is two, 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 all the 22s, 22 automatic on my person. Um, I'm actually going to bring this up. So it's funny because I did a DNA test and I found out I was like a bit black. My grandfather uh, is like half black and his parents were, I believe, black and Native American, I believe. So when I took an ancestry test, I found out a lot of stuff. And let me just bring this up right now. I'm 39% Irish, 21% Scottish, found out European Jewish, 10%, didn't know that, 7% Welsh, 5% English, Northwestern Europe. Then I have 5% Cameroonian, Congo, and Western Bantu peoples. Bantu peoples. I should probably learn about this. Uh, 4% Sweden and Denmark, but then 4% Nigerian. That's really freaking um, cool. But if you don't know what Black History Month is actually for, it's an annual celebration of achievements by African Americans and a time of recognizing their central role in U.S. history. And I know there's like a bunch and I always look, I always like looking at like the uh, people that get forgotten for like anything. I'm like, oh, what about this person? So I found out uh, Louis Latimer 
Great. So you know that Thomas Edison created one of the first light bulbs to work, but did you know that originally his bulbs would only last a few days? So he was making trash bulbs, all right? So Lewis came in the picture, and this was definitely not long enough to be practical. So Lewis Latimer comes in. Uh, he was the son of escaped slaves and an inventor in his own right who created a filament that extended the life of the bulb. This made the light bulb cheaper and more efficient, making it possible for them to be used on the streets and in the average person's home. Dude just came in and was like, your product's trash. Let's fix it. Now we got light for more than two days. Tom, Tom Edison, get it together. And then obviously I, I feel like my, my other favorite is Jesse Owens, who at the 1936 Olympics in Berlin, he won like four gold medals and like Hitler was there and he was like trying to like, like talk up like all the, like the, whatever, like the, like the white supremacy and stuff and like how they were better. And Jesse Owens just came in and like dunked on all of them. And like Hitler like left early and he said he had like a meeting. It's like, no dude, you got fucking exposed. Jesse Owens came in and just marked you. The photo is interesting too, because him and his teammates uh, were one and two, but then the other fucking idiots throwing up the Nazi salute are like third and fourth. It's like, bruh, you lost, go home. But yeah, Jesse Owens is also a great one. Bill Burr has a great um, stand-up bit about Jesse Owens just ruining the Nazis. And that's always a great victory. So Jesse Owens, pff, legend. Legend in the game. Lewis Latimer, too. Thank you for... Like, you wouldn't have your ring lights if you didn't have Lewis Latimer. Like, think about the electricity that we have. I always wonder about, like, little things like butterfly effects if they weren't invented. Like, how it would be today. Zero idea. Um, that's how my um, that's how my brain works. Um, but yeah, so I, I usually ask a question. If you want to ask a question for me that I can try to answer, you can go to 2010minutes.com and do submit a question. Today I got one. Uh, when the thing when the things that usually help you calm down when you're having an anxiety attack don't work, what do you do? I like reading these questions like quick because I I, I don't want to preference them. Um, things that help me calm down is definitely self love. If you get what I mean, self-love. And I try to keep myself busy in, in a sense of like, okay, let me try to do this. But like my anxiety will still be tough. I think with me, I will start texting other people, not asking for help, but texting people to have conversations so I'm not alone. Um, but if I'm like out in public, I think I'll do that via text, uh, especially or like walk around or like just kind of like just be in my zone of like, if I'm at like Target, I'll go to like the toy section to see like what Funko Pops are there so I can keep myself distracted. So I think thinking of something, a backup plan already for that would be great. So you should know like what happens with you uh, when you have anxiety, what works. And if you still don't know, keep trying things. If you want to message me, I can tell you some ideas that I have that work for me and me only, but they could work for you. Um, but yeah, keeping yourself distracted any way possible. It can get worse for certain people with anxiety. Mine usually comes with like just thinking about my future life or like having to deal with like a job interview or something. I like to harness my anxiety sometimes. I've been, I feel like I've been using my anxiety for good. And I always think to myself, I'm like, this is going to be really funny later. And I'll, I'll be at home being like, yeah, I barely got through that, but I'm glad I did. Thank you guys so much for checking out another episode of 2010 Minutes. Um, I'm definitely going to put more into this podcast. I, I've been kind of slacking a little bit, and the boys with the podcast garage noticed that in my interviews. And my, uh, no, not, so they noticed it in my episodes where, like, some of them were really good, some of them weren't. You can tell when they were prepared or not. 
And he, they said that I was like really on point with like all my interviews and all my interviews are great. Every interview I've had people are like, I love this. This was awesome. And I'm not even pumping my own tires, but everyone just likes the organic conversation that I bring and just my silly questions that are like kind of good questions. So I do have interviews lined up already. I have a big one coming up, which I'm about to record early next month, but I do have like six in the bag ready to go. I just have to edit them. My song suggestion today, Girl Talk, Play Your Pot, Pot One. It's like one of those like mix mixer songs. It has like UGK, um, Pimp C doing um, his song at the beginning, but it has like a good mashup. You should check it out. Then I watched Knives Out again last night. Great movie. I guess they're making two more with Daniel Craig. He has like one of those Cajun accents. And I feel like the movie wouldn't be as good if he didn't have the Cajun accent. I don't know why, but I, I just know it wouldn't be. Um, I give that a B plus. If you haven't seen it, it's really good. It's like a whodunit. Who was the person that done it? How many knives were out? Go check that out. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for checking out another episode of 2010 Minutes. You can learn more at 2010minutes.com. Come say hi. Follow me on the social medias. Uh, shoot me a text with that number. But I love you guys and have a good one. And we're clear. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.